at the end of the day, if you think of the housing market as stimulated and heated up the ownership market very, very dramatically, but at the same time, it cools some of the... Uh, You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education, tons of great information. It's free to join. Be sure to come grow with us at The Right Club com now on with the podcast welcome to the right clubs podcast real estate investing in canada i'm laurel simmons and you're listening to a special interview with robert hogue robert is a member of the macroeconomic and regional analysis group with rbc economics he is responsible for providing analysis and forecasts for the canadian housing market and for provincial economies his publications include Housing Trends and Affordability, Provincial Outlook, and Provincial Budget Commentaries. In his functions, he's frequently called to comment on the economy, both internally with our, within RBC and externally with clients and the media. You know, I could have talked with Robert for hours. He shares so much incredible information. I hope you enjoy listening to this interview as much as I did participating in it. So to see the charts Robert presented, go on over to our, our website, therightclub.com, sign in, it's free, and you can watch Robert's interview. And while you're there, poke around. We've updated the website and we have wonderful things for you to discover. So now let's go to the interview. This is part one of a special podcast with guest Robert Hogue. This is the main presentation. To hear the questions and answer session, listen to part two. Hi, everyone. I am really pleased to uh, introduce Robert Hogue, Senior Economist with RBC. Um, Robert was going to be speaking uh, at our event tomorrow night, because I'm recording it the day before our, our event that you're watching this at now. Um, but because of the provincial budget, uh, he was unavailable, but he has kindly offered, and we took him off on that offer, he's kindly offered to uh, give us a presentation now. And we've got lots of questions. We've sent some questions on to Robert that came in from you, our member, the members of our community. So thank you very much for doing that. And Robert, really looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. I know you've got some great information to share for us. So I'm going to hand it over to you. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation, it's Sarah here. I wanted to take a moment and talk to you about private money for mortgages. As you've been building your real estate team, it is critical that you have a good source of private money, both for borrowing, but also to lend out should you want to make more money on your money. Have you been perhaps turned down for a mortgage or reached your max capacity in your borrowing power or... Are you buying distressed properties to burr or to flip that may not initially qualify with a regular bank type of lender? Or maybe on the other hand, you have money that you wanted to loan out on your terms rather than making the measly percentages that the banks are offering you. 
Well, Private Money for Mortgages is actually a boutique mortgage brokerage that specializes in private mortgages for both borrowers and lenders. And Susan has over 25 years of experience in real estate investing, and her brokerage specializes in connecting borrowers and lenders to one another. And she's got many solutions for you. She says, when the bank says no, we say yes. So reach out at one 800 9320437 or 519-342-7295 or visits privatemoneyformortgages.com and that's the number four. Right Club Nation, remember as you build your real estate portfolio, chances are you will come to a point where bank-funded mortgages are no longer an easy option. Or you may need a short-term loan for a first mortgage for a flip or a burr or maybe a second mortgage to consolidate debt that is when they can help by providing different types of solutions and also as a bonus offer susan said mention this podcast when you connect with her and her team and they will cover the cost of an appraisal for you to a maximum of five hundred dollars so either call at 1-800-932-0437 or 519-342-7295 or the website privatemoneyformortgages.com and now back to the show. Well, thanks, Laurel. It's, uh, yeah, lots of questions. I, I would have had lots of questions to ask you as well, because uh, these days there's a lot going on in you know, the, the real estate space, a lot of questions, a lot of, uh, I would argue, worries. Uh, you know, you, you know I, I, I forget how many times I've been asked, you know, are we going to see a government step in and start cooling the, the housing market and you know what uh, it, it you know, definitely is uh, an option and increasingly we think that's an option that uh, governments should uh, take on so yeah we are a very very i would say um, maybe weird junction uh, who who would have thought just 10 months ago that we would be now still in the pandemic still with high unemployment uh, across canada talking about a, a an overheated housing market and then let's call it a housing bubble and not just in toronto or vancouver it just well, we're seeing signs of uh, overheating and in, in many parts across the across the country so i, I just want to walk you before we go into the q a walk you through a little bit of our thinking on on uh, on the market the economic kind of landscape uh, that has led to this, uh, to where we are today, uh, and and a little bit uh, as, as well on our thinking where you know, things are going uh, for um, the housing market in in particular, and I can you know, broaden maybe in a Q and A uh, uh, talk a bit more in the other parts of uh, of the real estate uh, space uh, because as you know there is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there, there's a, a lot of contrast depending on which uh, a part of, of uh, commercial real estate, for example, uh, um, uh, what we're talking about here. So let me just uh, start in my um, PowerPoint here because I just want to illustrate uh, the uh, my my uh, my talk here with uh, some uh, some slides. Um, right now, I, I would say over the last. I would say several weeks we've become a lot more optimistic about uh, about the economic prospect, about uh, you know the 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 outlook uh, for for Canada's economy, and pretty much right across across the board here from 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 coast to coast. And and the main reason has been one uh, economic 
growth has been a little stronger than we expected in the late stages of uh, 2020 and early stages of uh, 2021, uh, but also in a great progress we've seen in you know, handling the second wave and also those mass, mass vaccination campaigns now getting underway. Uh, so far, you now we've just up our economic outlook. Now we think that uh, Canada's economic growth will uh, exceed six percent this year, uh, which at face value looks super strong. But really, it's much more of a reflection of where we are. We were a, a year ago in, in 2020. How deep the hole was uh, last year. So it's a it's a rebound, and in fact. For many parts of the country, you now we're talking uh, a full recovery only by the late stages of, of this year at best, and in many cases in 2022. So, so really to put that in context, but really as it stands right now, it's it's it is a race of, uh, of vaccinations and also the spread of new variants that could uh, throw us a curveball here. Um, and if we're thinking in terms of of risk. Uh, so, but so far, our base case is that, uh, you know, vaccination is going to win the day. Um, the, a third wave will be contained. But now then again, we're I, I'm not only an economist here. I'm not a, an expert in, in public health, uh, a public uh, health expert here. So, but, you know, the, this is going to maintain uh, uh, the, the recovery we've seen so far, because keep in mind that the, this recession, as brutal as it was, uh, was concentrated really in a couple of months last year, and March and, and April, and by you know, late stages of May, we we're starting to see that the the, uh, the, uh, the economy start to, to reopen to a certain extent, and we've seen employment start to, to pick up. So that we've been sort of in a recovery mode uh, since last summer, where there was a, a little bit of a uh, of turbulence late last year, early this year because of the second wave. Now we have some, some we've uh, experienced some some further uh, lockdown measures. And in case of Quebec, for example, also so the uh, a curfew being being imposed. But as uh, now that the second wave seems to be under control, and hopefully the the third wave remaining under control, not. Uh, uh, we we expect this this recovery to to continue, and and why you know, did we see the, uh, this this you know, fairly significant uh, 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 rebound from from uh, last spring? Well, one of course, you know, when the economy reopened, it it, it allowed uh, economic activity in certain sectors to uh, to pick up again. Uh, but also, it's the fact that as brutal as uh, the economic shock was uh, the response, the policy response has been as extraordinary. And here I'm not talking about a few billion here or there. I'm talking here in Canada of hundreds of billions of dollars worth of uh, a support that's been provided at, from all levels of government, but particularly the federal government that really moved the needle. And if if you want to put it in the terms of, uh, of the economy, in terms of GDP, like really moved the needle here. So exceptional uh, policy support. And in fact, in hindsight, when you look at what the, the kind of transfers that were provided to household, uh, they've been quite quite generous. I mean, I, I don't want to minimize here that the hardship that many uh, Canadians have felt through the pandemic and, and continuing as of you know, today, but in aggregate, the, the, the support 
the financial support that was provided turned out to be quite uh, quite generous, and and then even in some cases, the CERB, for example, made uh, some people even better off than they were pre pre pandemic. So very very uh, uh, strong uh, support uh, coming from from government. Also, uh, so so when you think of the economy, there's two main policy levers here. There's a fiscal policy, which I just talked about, but there's also the monetary policy. Uh, that uh, is under the control of the Bank of Canada, and and clearly the Bank of Canada from the get go uh, did all it, it could uh, to uh, set the stage for for recovery. Of course, monetary policy won't, won't be able to stop COVID from happening. Uh, but what it did though is that it kind of set the stage for once the economy reopens that. It would provide oil, all the oil needed to get the, the engine uh, uh, running again. So that what the Bank of Canada has done is that, well, on many fronts, but one of the main things that it, it has done is cut interest rates uh, effectively to, well, in my book, to, to zero. It cut its uh, policy uh, rate, uh, the, the overnight rate, to a quarter of one percent. And and not only that, it has pledged to keep it uh, this low uh, until. You know, uh, based on on the last statements from the Bank of Canada, uh, for for a long time uh, until the uh, early stages of uh, 2023. Now, Bank of Canada might well change its mind between now and then, and 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 in fact, we expect the Bank of Canada to uh, to start raise interest rate by the second half of next year. But nonetheless, I think the point is very low interest rate for a long period of time. And, and especially at the short end of, of the, the yield curve, so the, 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 the uh, uh, short-term interest rate, longer-term interest rate, uh, we've act, in fact uh, actually already seen a little bit of a, a pickup in, uh, in the recent uh, weeks. Uh, our view is that longer-term interest rates, you know, long-term bond yields uh, are going to continue to creep a little bit higher. We don't expect any yeah. spike uh, on that front. So it should be manageable for for the economy, and and the uh, the housing market more specifically. So very strong policy response, fiscal policy, monetary policy, going all out. And what this has done is that it's contributed, and quite surprisingly, has contributed to uh, a spike in household savings. So those financial support ended up at the time when many. Canadians were not able, and and still to this day, not able to to spend it as freely as uh, they would do normally. Think of you know all the sectors are still closed: restaurants, uh, uh, the hospitality, um, airlines. All the travel has been has been effectively uh, stopped or greatly uh, greatly reduced. So what Canadians have done is that they've they've built up their uh, their saving quite dramatically. Uh, we've seen uh, the savings rate uh, reach uh, uh, no, by far record high in the second quarter of of last year, but they've they've continued to uh, um, the um, uh, savings continue to be very very high uh, since uh, since then, even though they've come down uh, slightly. So. Strong buildup of savings that really was also a factor to get the the um, uh, the economy going and the housing market in particular, and, and the other the fact has been that that the COVID nineteen recession has been incredibly uneven. It's been uneven on on very well, so many layers from a regional aspect, from an industrial aspect, but also from a an income distribution aspect. It's been 
mostly Canadians at the lower end of the income scale have been most affected initially, and I've seen the slowest recovery uh, since la last summer. Whereas those at the higher end of the income scale, the initial shock was not quite as, as brutal. And by now, the, the employment level uh, is back to pre-COVID uh, levels. So, And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation. Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the Right Club find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in, in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca, that is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, and let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. So if you think in terms of you know, the impact on uh, residential real estate, it really uh, in terms of home ownership, it really is about those at the higher end of the income scale. Those have not been quite as affected. They've benefited from uh, from exceptionally low interest rate. Plus, they've built up quite a bit of savings. So it really kind of lined up all the stars to get the housing market going. And those at the lower end of the income scale, they're more likely to be the renters. And we've seen that the rental market, especially in the large urban areas in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver to a certain extent, going through a, a, a rough patch, we've seen uh, um, the vacancy rates rise. And there, it's demand has been part of the issue, but there's also been a, a big uh, uh, issue about the supply side. We've seen a lot of rental supply uh, uh, come online. A lot of this, and, and when I mean uh, rental supplies, more on the longer term rentals, and a lot of uh, a number of those units uh, were previously in the short-term rentals, and COVID has been quite a bit of uh, uh, damaging for that that business, the, the Airbnb business, as well as in areas like uh, Toronto. There's been some some uh, stricter regulation that kicked in uh, last uh, last fall that pushed many uh, short-term uh, rental operators putting their units into the longer-term rentals. So all this to say that the COVID at the end of the day, if you think of the, the, the housing market as, as uh, uh, stimulated and, and heated up the ownership market very, very uh, dramatically, but at the same time, it cools some of the uh, rental markets uh, 
uh, for a period of time in this, you know, in addition to the, the factors uh, affecting rental, in addition to a uh, slower uh, immigration that we've seen. And I'll come uh, come back to this in, in a few uh, few moments. So uh, I'm building, I've been building this up here, but but ultimately uh, you know, we're, we're getting the results that in hindsight are, should not be that surprising. The housing market has, has boomed since since last summer. Here I'm showing Ontario as as to, to illustrate what I'm saying, but is it is true pretty much across the board in Canada, home like the existing home market has has has, has surged since, since last summer. We thought initially it might be just you know a flare up in in the summer because we knew that uh, uh, pent up demand had built through the spring, uh, but it was clear by the fall that th there was more than just pent up demand here. It was fundamentally very very strong uh, uh, demand, and and the the, the real uh, the, the, the very interesting part here, the, the point here, is that this is not just a big city phenomenon here. Uh, this is not just Toronto or Vancouver, or Montreal. This is, you know, large parts of the country, smaller markets as well. Here I'm showing the kind of activity increases that we've seen across smaller markets in Ontario. You can, you know, I, I can come up with something similar and for many parts of Quebec and also part, parts of um, of BC as well. So clearly this is uh, beyond just a big city development here. The very strong demand uh, exacerbated an issue pre-pandemic where uh, supply was pretty pretty low uh, to begin with. And in fact, early in 2020, my main uh, message to many, uh, 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 many people in, in the sector was, look, things are heating up, which is there's just not enough supply. This can only point to prices rising, not only rising, but rising faster. Uh, and indeed, through this, this pandemic, uh, supply has, has come down even more. Uh, so we, when you compare to, say, a longer term average, uh, uh, supply level, so so the inventories are exceptionally low in many parts of Canada, including uh, Ontario and Quebec, and uh, BC as well, and, and parts of uh, Atlantic Canada. Very low inventories, obviously, uh, when you have strong demand, low inventories, this is a recipe for prices to, uh, to spike. Uh, clearly, sellers are in the driver's seats right now, pretty much across across the country, even in markets that we're struggling prior to the pandemic, like in Alberta, for example, and in other parts of the prairies. Now it's pretty much a seller's market all around. Pressures are more intense in you know central Canada, parts of eastern Canada, BC, but nonetheless, pressures are building pretty much across the board. So what we're seeing now is that prices are not only didn't skip a beat during really and overall in uh, through the, the pandemic. But they're now uh, they've accelerated. Uh, the the main exception is on the condo side. I would I would say a downtown condo uh, the segments, uh, and it's largely a reflection of the, uh, the the rental market because, as you know, there's a big chunk of the the rent the, the condo uh, uh, stock uh, is uh, goes towards uh, or serves the, the rental business or sector. So that's maybe the only, uh, up until very recently at least, uh, the, the only exception that we're seeing uh, interest in the condo, uh, downtown condo uh, uh, segments you know, having risen uh, quite uh, quite significantly since uh, maybe about December or somewhere around there. 
in other words, ever since vaccination has has begun in in, in Canada, uh, and and price pressures reflecting what uh, has been in terms of activity has been uh, quite widespread. This is again, this is not just a, a you know, core Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal. This is not a, 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 this has a much larger base. And in fact, it's the smaller markets. If you think of Barrie, Ontario, for example, or Tilsonburg, or uh, Montremblant in Quebec, for example, or the the smaller uh, places like Mission BC, this is where the price increases have been the strongest uh, 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 so far. So very, and this is um, quite quite unusual. And in fact, to see uh, uh, so much. Uh, uh, how synchronized markets are at this point. Typically, housing markets are a little bit of islands of, on their own. You'll, you can have Toronto overheating, but you no know, issues in Montreal or, or or Ottawa and elsewhere. But but at this point, it is a, a very highly synchronized uh, um, uh, um, swing in, in the market. Now the the big and this is that this heating up of, of market is is taking place despite immigration. Uh, having uh, plummeted through uh, through the, uh, the pandemic, and and as I've mentioned earlier, this is not to say that uh, the drop in immigration had no effect on on housing at large. It's it's just that it has at least not yet uh, uh, impacted negatively and impacted uh, the uh, ownership market. On the rental side, for sure, we've seen we believe that the drop in immigration contributed. To the the soft patch that that we've experienced uh, in in some of the rental markets in 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 Canada, but you know immigration were to remain this low for in the very for an extended period of time, eventually at least in my guess you know, we would see some kind of uh, implication negative implications on the ownership side of things. So that's uh, that's. No, we, we need to continue keep, to keep an eye on the the the, the federal government has been. Quite adamant to make up for any losses in terms of number of immigrants coming into or permanent residents, I should say, coming into uh, into Canada. The plan is to get uh, a one more than 1.2 million people uh, new permanent residents in Canada this year and over the next two. Uh, we are very skeptical of the ability of the Canadian government to to hit the target for this year, but certainly over the next couple of years, now, assuming the pandemic comes you know, is, uh, is comes under control, we'll be able to reopen our uh, our borders, and then the the immigration wheel will start to, uh, turning, not only uh, uh, normally, but because Canada's increased its immigration targets for this year and the next two, uh, if we, we you know. The odds are immigration is going to be even like hotter than we than we have pre-pandemic. So that's something to keep in mind going forward. Uh, it's it is both a, a well, it is an element of risk both on the upside and on the downside, depending on how quickly immigration is going to pick up. So I'm going to leave it at there. Oh, and yeah, I think I'm going to skip those. I mean, immigration tends to go to to the large urban areas. So obviously, this immigration story is a much more of a, uh, a story for Toronto, Montreal, and and um, the, the Vancouver or Lower Mainland in in BC, whereas uh, and the movement of uh, of people within the same province tends to to uh, to be 
uh, uh, more of an impact or, or an effect on some of those smaller markets in the periphery of the the larger uh, the larger market. So I'm, I think yeah, I think I'm going to leave it here just to to be mindful of of leaving enough time for uh, for Q and A. Just quickly, a little bit of a sales pitch here. I mean, we've got. Uh, uh, distribution list for for our report. We constantly you know report not just on housing but anything about the the economy. So I welcome, invite everyone to sign up for our um, uh, distribution uh, list. And uh, because I'm convinced those are those analyses and and commentaries that we put out will be of a great value to you. So on this, I'm going to turn it back over to uh, to you, Laurel. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Okay, thank you. So those distribution lists, like I can see the uh, the URLs up there on your screen, uh, www.rbc.com slash economics and then https uh, uh, thoughtleadership.rbc.com. Is that where people can go to uh, get those reports? Yeah, or they somewhere yeah, else? You'll see. No, it, this is. You can go on those uh, that site, and then you'll you'll be you'll have the opportunity to click on join uh, distribution okay. uh, distribution list, and then you'll uh, just need to provide your email address. Okay, that's good. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this special podcast with guest Robert Hogue. We really appreciate it if you'd rate our podcast because it does help us to reach other people who are interested in real estate investing. Thank you for listening. And as always, I want to remind you to come grow with us. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.